Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It's Monday morning. And no, I'm not live. It's time for a shot, a quote, and a gratitude. It's how I start my morning, so I thought I'd share it with you. So uh, my shot today, no, it's not alcohol, it's something more potent. This morning was a shot of habanero-infused manuka honey. How's that for a COVID buster? It was pretty darn hot, too. I got a little fire in my belly this morning. Uh, My functional drink this morning is Four Sigmatic Decaf with Four Sigmatic Perform Cacao and done NDK style. And my quote for this morning is... If you're, let me start over. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. It's from Lewis Carroll. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Now, unfortunately, that's how most people live their lives. Think about this. Imagine if you went to pick up a spotted trailer somewhere. And you hook up to the trailer and you get the paperwork and it tells you exactly what's inside and what it weighs and how many pallets. But there's no destination. There's no address to deliver it to. If that were the case, how many of you would get in the truck and start driving and hope you got there? Nobody would do that. But think about your life. Don't you kind of do that every morning? Don't you wake up and go through the day? Do you really have a clear destination? Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going today? Do you have any real reason for doing what you're doing today? Not your job. We all go to work and we do our job because we get paid and that's our job. But where are you going? Are you just getting up and going to work every day? So if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Where are you going? All right, so uh, I also thought I would share with you what I was reading this morning. Um, This is stuff that I normally have, after I do my reading, I make notes and I have it here for my open. But anymore, calls are so busy and they come in so quick, which I love. I thought I would start doing my opens as a, uh, a separate segment. So, um, first up, New York City proposes $24 minimum wage for app-based delivery drivers. Drivers in the Big Apple could earn a minimum wage of nearly $24 an hour by 2025 if the city approves a proposal passed down by the Department of Consumer and Worker Protection. Uh, For the 60,000-plus app-based drivers, delivery drivers in New York City, the DCWP proposes an initial $17.87 minimum wage that would rise to $23.82 by April 1st of 2025. Uh, It would also include um, three components The first is earnings at $19.86, which that's the minimum earning standard for ride hail drivers. 
set by the New York City Taxi and Limousine Commission. Uh, they'd get $2.26 based on their expenses. They would get $1.70 from workers' comp. Uh, you know, the numbers aren't really important here. What's important is the concept. This isn't a job. It was never meant to be a job. What's happening in New York City is the traditional taxi companies are pissed that their business model sucks and they're being outcompeted by these apps. And you could say, well, they don't have to deal with all the regulations. That's correct. That's what businesses do. They find ways to get around overburdening regulations. And they did it with an app, and it's been working for years, and cities and states and governments have been trying to fight back. This is no different than AB5 in California. This is just another attempt. But here's the problem. You're trying to make these people employees. Well, there's nothing about this that gives any kind of real control to the app company. They're not hiring these people. They're not requiring them to work a certain number of hours or to work certain days. Or Their argument, I think, is brilliant. The app companies argued in California that the people that use their app are not employees or independent contractors. They're customers of the app. That's exactly correct. This is nothing like a job. It's not even really like an independent contract. I guess that's closer. But in reality, I agree with the app company. Even when you look at independent contractors, there's usually a lot more control than there is in any of these apps. This is one of the reasons why I question why we even have authority in trucking anymore. It, it's, it, every time I ask people this, though, I've asked people that have been in the industry a long time, they just say, well, yeah, it's always there. We need it for safety. No, we don't. There are lots of industries that are just as dangerous as we are, and I don't need to go to the government and get permission to be in business from them and go through this whole process called authority. There's, they could keep all the same safety regulations. They could still keep the audit from the FMCSA. Just drop this whole authority thing. Allow me to go pull freight for whoever I want to pull freight for. That's how these apps work. I just download an app and I, I go to work. And if I want to be an Uber driver and a Lyft driver and an Instacart driver and a DoorDash driver and a Grubhub driver and an Uber Eats driver, nothing would stop me from doing that. And why should there be anything to stop me from doing that? It's a shame. These may not, for some people, they may not be uh, enough revenue to sustain you know, a family, but that's not what they were designed for. Why does every job have to be some sort of a career? Why do we have to have minimum wages that are what they want to call a living wage? That That's not the point here. This is an opportunity. Nobody is forced to do this. 
but governments just hate these kinds of programs. And they hate them because they have no control over people that do this. They have a harder time collecting their taxes. They don't get workers' comp and all those other crazy fees that these federal, state, and local governments get from employers. So they're doing everything they can to eliminate these app-based services. I think we need to fight back on that one. Um, Speaking of more government regulation in the trucking industry, um, FMCSA guidance reaches for clarity. Do dispatch services need brokerage authority? Uh, Here we are back to this whole authority thing again. Why does a broker need authority? Why can't they just say, I'm in business, I'm a freight broker, and I'm going to go work with shippers and find capacity for them? That's what a broker does. Why do we need authority? These dispatch services, in a lot of ways, are acting like brokers with no authority. So what? And people would say, well, what about the bond? You could still have a bond. There could still be requirements. There are requirements in every industry. But this idea of authority is outdated and it should just go away. Then we wouldn't have this argument about who's really a broker and who's a dispatch service and who's somewhere in between. Now, I get a lot of pushback in the industry when I talk about this. I don't understand why. I don't know why we don't want the whole authority thing to just go away. Let us go compete in a free and open market. But instead, now the FMCSA has spent months on this whole issue, and they'll spend months more, I'm sure. What else we got on the lineup today? Uh, okay, one thing to uh, to finish up with here. Amazon employees fear no one is safe as layoffs royal the ranks. Um, Amazon has begun the largest round of layoffs in history. Um uh, Not a lot of good stuff going on there. The shares for Amazon are down 42% just in 2022 alone. Imagine that. This is why there's several lessons in here. One, the economy is just not looking good. It's a very confusing time. The stock market doesn't seem uh, to be paying much attention to what's really going on in the economy. Uh, But the stock market can be a a trailing indicator of what's happening. By the time the market reacts most of the time, it's way too late. So I also, um, I read somewhere about uh, a prediction that, that Warren Buffett made about 2023, and he made it five years ago. And it's, it's really not looking good. Um, I hate to continue to be pessimistic about the economy, but we need to be realistic about the economy. You know, here's the way I look at at business and the economy. I really do try to stay prepared for the worst in life. I, I know sometimes when I talk about, you know, being prepared, people think it's really extreme, some of the things I talk about. And maybe it is. 
My my belief and my hope is that 90% of all this stuff I do to be prepared for things, I'll never need them. That's really what I hope. And I, I doubt that I ever will need these things. But why not be prepared? And why not take the approach of be prepared for the worst and then hope for the best and work for the best? And that's really what I do. I don't sit around in a bunker surrounded by a bunch of supplies saying, oh, what if the world ends? What if the power goes out? All of those things that I've talked about as far as what you should be prepared for could happen. They probably won't. And they probably won't be as bad as they could be. But why not be prepared for them? Same thing with the economy and your money. Uh, maybe it's not going to be as bad as what I've been saying or predicting. I certainly got the timing wrong. I started talking about this five years ago. Well, just about the time Warren Buffett made his prediction as well. Not that I'm comparing myself to Warren Buffett's predictions. I say all the time, I don't like to make predictions because I don't like to be wrong. And I was clearly wrong about the timing. But we are going to have a recession. By some indicators, we're, we were in a recession. We kind of moved out a little bit. We're bouncing along the top. But I think it's, it's going to get rough. When Amazon shares are down 42%, now think about that as an investment. Let's just say you were uh, an Amazon employee and you were so in love with their stock, you had a lot of their stock in your portfolio for your retirement. Let's say you had $100,000. That $100,000 is now $58,000 just this year. There is risk in investing in the stock market. There's a lot of risk in investing in just one stock or a handful of stocks. That's why we, I just don't recommend it. Stick with mutual funds, or maybe you don't want to be in the market at all. Maybe there's some other investment you're interested in. The one thing I would say about investing, other than the stock market, we can actually make the stock market pretty easy. A couple of index mutual funds, the S&P 500, and you're pretty well set. And historically, it's been a good return. 10 to 12%, virtually every decade you want to look at. Of course, there's down years, but if, if you try to pick out any decade, the S&P 500 pretty consistently returns 10 to 12% over time. That's easy. You don't need to know much. I just told you what you need to know. If you're going to invest in anything else, and there are a lot of other things, you should really get to know those things really, really well. There are good investments out there. They are much more hands-on. For example, I've decided that uh, after being in the market for decades, Lisa and I took our money out and invested it in our own business and, and started growing Let's Truck with some of that money. And we are investing in real estate in a very specific area here where we live for very specific reasons. Because after moving here, I've spent the last decade studying and watching real estate here. So a couple of years ago, we started investing when we saw properties that made sense 
I'd love to be investing right now in real estate, but it's not at the bottom yet. It's hard to wait because I've been watching properties that I really wanted and the price was just too high. I wasn't willing to pay it. And I'm seeing a lot of those properties come down, but I think they have a long way to go. So we're going to hold out. I think I may have had one more article about Amazon. Oh, the, um, let's see. Amazon CEO Andy Jassy said the e-commerce giant will be cutting jobs into 2023 as it adjusts to business conditions. His first public comments about the cost reduction plans roiling Amazon since reports that it planned to wipe out about 10,000 jobs. Amazon is probably a pretty good indicator of what's going on in the consumer market these days. And if consumers stop buying or slow down buying, then there's a lot less freight to move around the country. It affects every part of the supply chain when consumers stop buying things. Raw materials that we move all around to plants so they can produce things, moving those plants, bringing parts and supplies in to build all that stuff, then shipping out all the stuff. If we stop buying stuff, then there's a lot less freight to move. So, the problems we've kind of been facing in trucking, high truck prices, really hard to find good drivers, all of those things are going to improve. All of those things will get much easier. Uh, what's going to get more difficult is making a profit. That's going to be the challenge. You really need to focus on numbers, 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 fuel mileage, maintenance cost all kinds of things. But if you don't know your numbers, how are you going to figure out what works and what doesn't? So I've been kind of guiding people for a while saying with what's coming, it would be paying down debt and saving cash. That's still a good plan. If you have revenue coming in, excess revenue, Use it to pay down debt and then just save cash. Don't make any big financial decisions right now and really get to know your numbers well. That, that's the best I, advice I have to survive what's coming. All right, that is my Monday morning. Uh, yeah, let's see. I have no idea when you might listen to this, but I'm about an hour and 15 minutes away from the Monday morning show. So that, uh, not that that wipes out everything I was reading this morning, but that's a pretty good slice of uh, that. And I'm still working through a new health book. I'll probably talk about that on Wednesday. A lot of projects going on. I am going to try to do this commentary a couple times a week. I, I set up my schedule so that it's possible I might be able to get to one every day, but maybe not. So the, the beauty of our new infrastructure, our new world, is that we can do more stuff like this. Um, stuff I just never had the flexibility on SiriusXM to be able to just say, oh, you know what, I'm just going to jump on and record a few things, talk about what I saw in the news today. Oh, one more thing, I guess, before I go. I am really having a lot of fun on Twitter. 
I am just shocked at how fun Twitter is right now. Elon Musk is on there himself. He's very active. He's tweeting all day long. He's actually pretty funny. Uh, and the left is just losing its mind. So there's a, another social media site, a knockoff of Twitter um, called Mastodon. Just got started recently. It is um, primarily funded, I believe, by by the left and more liberals and people who are pissed off that Elon Musk bought Twitter. So I joined. I just wanted to see what it was all about. I actually like the software. I think their layout's better than Twitter. I think their functionality's better than Twitter. Their character limit is like somewhere between four and 5,000, I think. So you can do long form articles. I, I really kind of like the functionality and the layout. I think it's, um, again, I, it's much better than Twitter. Now, hopefully, uh, Elon Musk will fix Twitter because it's a mess. It looks like he's already starting to, and he may be taking away the character limit completely. Then Facebook needs to watch out because if you can do long form on there, it really becomes more like Facebook than anything else. So it'll be interesting to see. So I went over to Mastodon and I started posting the same things I was posting on Twitter. Now, I didn't bother to read their terms of service. I never do. Just created an account and started posting. And yesterday I probably posted, I don't know, five or six articles on both Twitter and Mastodon. Nothing that I even thought was anywhere near controversial. I figured on Mastodon, I'll stay away from, you know, anything controversial for a while. Kind of see what happens over there. I actually picked up a couple followers already. Um, in the first day, one of my posts has been deleted. Now, they, all they said was it went against their terms of service. And there's an appeal button there. I'm not going to appeal it. The, all I need to know is they're already deleting my post and trying to censor me. Now, here's all the post was. It was just a testimonial from two of our tribe members, a husband and wife team that have lost a lot of weight and got really healthy. And they posted a picture the other day on, on our site, Healthy Tribe. And I asked them if they mind if I would share it on Twitter or other social media. And they said, no, absolutely do it. And I said, I'll leave the names out. And they said, no, you can put our names in if you want. So I did. I put it up on Twitter and it was a really great article. But for some reason, Mastodon deleted it. Now, I don't know if it's because I mentioned keto and carnivore, uh, because I linked back to our app. I'm not sure why. But just the fact that I was only there a day and I've already been censored, basically. Um, and if they say, well, you, it's in our terms of service, well, that's fine. But anybody, any social media site that has terms of service that drastic, I don't want to be a part of. Now I'm going to stay. I'm actually, now I'm going to start posting more controversial stuff. We'll see what they want to do with that. Well, I guess we'll see how long it takes me to just get uh, banned completely, I guess. All right, I am going to wrap it up this time. I will see you again soon for more commentary. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always 
do the hard work and master the journey.